Blog Talk Radio. How would you like to get the inside scoop on the secret sauce of show business? Imagine being ahead of the pack when it comes to knowing how to land that part you crave in that film, play, or TV program. Listen to the Inside Acting Radio Show hosted by William Powell, the king of D.C. media, at blogtalkradio.com. Search Inside Acting. Good evening, my wonderful listeners. Tonight, we'll hear from playwright and actress Dana Dane, a.k.a. Dana Hicks Hungerford, whose play, A Woman's Love, will hopefully premiere May 2nd at Bowie Performing Arts Center. That's at 15,200 Annapolis Road in Bowie, Maryland. And you can get tickets at BowieCenter.org. Now, Dana is also the best-selling author of the book, Release the Depth. And she has appeared in nearly a half dozen stage plays. And she's had the pleasure of performing at MGM, Casino, and the Lincoln Theater. Yes, indeed. So I see that Dana is on the board. And I'm going to go ahead and bring her on the air. Good evening, Dana. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Mr. Powell. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. My pleasure. So I really want to talk about A Woman's Love. It looks to be an exciting uh, stage play. So talk about what it's about. Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it, but I'm not going to tell you what it's really, really about. But I'm going to give you some juice. So okay, I'll, start off juice. By, <laughs> I'll start off by saying that a woman's love is very real and very raw. Um, my, my mission when writing this stage play, I want to wake people up. I want to wake up the nation. I want to shake up the nation. And because normally I'm so direct and upfront when I talk and I'm unapologetic about what I do when, I, when I'm doing what I like. So my style of writing is very real and raw. And my purpose to that, because I feel like in order to wake people up, in order to get people to understand that we have global issues that are impacted by people of all nationalities, you can't water it down. And I'm bringing it real and raw, and I don't plan on watering it down for anybody. And I've been asked to water it down before I had organizations attached their names to it, but I just I won't water it down because I feel like the message won't get across if you're not being real about the story, if that makes sense to you. Right. Absolutely. And the play, the play, I'll just give you, just bring you up to speed. It's about a family. The family is from upstate New York. It's about a wife, a husband, and they have kids, and then they have friends. And the family moved to D.C., so it's, you know, it started in current time D.C. And they have, like, to everybody on the outside looking in, they have a perfect marriage. They have a perfect life. But a lot of times things are not what they seem. Just like with social media, you could see one thing and think everything is peaches and cream, but it's in, actu- in actuality it's some garbage. It's a lot of twists and turns to it. So mental health is a big thing going on around the globe right now. So we're going to touch on some very, very, very big mental health issues. And we're going to touch on stuff that might be very touchy to some people, but at the same time, it's real. And I just don't feel like I want to brush anything under the rug. I don't feel like 
I want to hide anything or act like certain things are okay. I just feel like the world is full of people sugarcoating stuff all the time, and I just refuse to do it. So just let me say, I guarantee you, whoever comes and sits in that chair and watches that play will be talking about that play for weeks to come. I guarantee you that. And to give you a little bit of insight on why I'm saying that, my cast, they read the script before we started rehearsals. I wrote the script. In our first rehearsal, Mr. Powell, we were rehearsing, and it, I mean, we're sitting there. The cast is sitting there like, oh, my goodness. Like, the cast is going off like they're watching a movie, and they're in it. So just to see it come yeah. to life, I can only imagine what the audience is going to feel sitting there watching it right in front of them. I want it to be impactful, and I'm, that's what I'm setting out to do. Yeah, I, I can tell it's it's a lot of very serious issues. So, um, so you mentioned the cast. So, talk a little bit about uh, some of the people you've got in the cast. Okay, let me start with Miss Stacy Tyson. Stacy Tyson is from the D.C. area. She's an actress, and I wrote this stage. I wrote the script almost ten years ago now. And almost ten years ago, I called Stacy Tyson almost ten years ago, and told Stacy. I wrote the script, and I have a part for you. Like, I just wrote it, and I said, this is Stacey Tyson all the way. So I kept my word on that, and almost 10 years later, Stacey is in my stage play. Fahim is an awesome actor. He's playing the lead male character, and he's been in several stage plays in this area. And Tarani is actually living on the West Coast, and she's my leading lady. And she actually flew here from the West Coast, and she's staying with me so she could go to rehearsals. She was staying with me to go to rehearsals for the next two months. So that's just, I'm honored to have her even take time out of her schedule and come here from the West Coast for two months for, you know, to go to auditions and to be, be my leading lady. She's a phenomenal actress, very professional. Um, I have two young kids, and it's so funny because working with them, it's like, I feel like we're working with professionals. Like, the second day of rehearsal, um, the little one that's playing the son, he didn't even have a script in his hand. It's, it's just so funny because I have a cast that seems to be so dedicated. I have Dariki. Most people know Dariki as an interior designer, but she's been saying to me for some years now, I want to get into acting. And I said, you know what, sis, I got you. So I wrote a part for her to be in, in the stage play. And I just looked at it like Gil Nelson gave me my first shot. Like I never did stage acting before, and I wouldn't be where I am right now had I not got that first shot from Gil Nelson. So I said, you know what, let me do the same thing for Dariki. I have actor, what's David's last name? I can't, David Hammond. I have him. He's in the stage play. Um, I have comedian John B. White in the stage play. I have Demetrius. Demetrius is in the stage play. Am I forgetting anybody? No, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And everybody's local. Everybody's local. And they are very talented and very, very professional, Mr. Powell. And that's the thing that I've, I enjoy working with. I enjoy working with professionals, people that carry themselves in a professional manner. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Now, Gil Nelson is a great mm -hmm. director. He's been on the show before. So you said that uh, he gave you his, your, your first shot. So talk a little bit more about. Uh, how you got him to come aboard? 
Say that last part again, Mr. Powell. Yeah, talk about how you got him to come aboard and how, you know, what's what's some of the things he's bringing to this uh, this production as far as being a so director. With with Gil, Gil and I were already friends. So when I decided I wanted to bring my stage play to life, I I, I mean it was a no brainer for me. I'm like, you know, let me call Gil. Gil has been doing this. Gil has been doing it on the East Coast. Gil was doing it on the West Coast. We were friends. He was somebody that I had trust in. So our relationship made it easy for me to reach out to him and ask him, would he um, direct my play? And from that point, and like I said, I've had a lot of roadblocks leading up to where I am today. Gil stuck in there through the years of trials and tribulations, and he's still there today. And I'm just, again, I'm honored to have him as the director. And I'm really honored because Gil's not just the director. He's like a teacher, and he takes time with his cast. He'll make phone calls after rehearsals to say what you need to work on. He'll make phone calls to say you did awesome today, like, and he'll teach you. He, he helps you get into character, and that's what I like, and that's what I respect in him as a director. Yeah, that, that's, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. So as far as writing is concerned, Talk a little bit about some of your playwriting inspirations. To be honest, I don't really have any. I, I didn't start this because I had playwright inspirations. I actually started this with no direction and no plan, if I can be brutally honest. Um, I, was, I actually thought about some things that had happened in my life with people that had happened in my life, and I just started writing one day. And I had a friend that was here visiting from California, and he looked at the script. We were actually on our way out. He looked at the script, and he said, can I finish reading this before we go? Like, he was so intrigued, he just sat there and read the entire script. So once he read the script, he said, I'm going to go back to Cali. I'm going to set up a meeting for you. I'm going to make this long story short. He set up a meeting for me. I had a meeting with six people total. I had no direction, had no plans for that script. It's just something that I wrote. I never planned on being a playwright. I never had the desire to be a writer. I'm just being honest. And he set up that meeting, and from that meeting, it just took off to somewhere I didn't expect, I wasn't looking for. So to make a long story short, these people that I met with, and I won't say the name of the organization, but they are a very large organization, by the time my second meeting came, they wanted to redirect the direction of the meeting. So they wanted to buy the rights to my buy the rights for my script and take my name off of it. So basically, they wanted to put me in the back burner and put their name in life because they were the big organization. And a lot of people would have jumped at that opportunity because they would have said, "Okay, let me get this money and go." But it wasn't just about the money for me because, again, like I said in the first part of our um, interview, I want to wake up the nation. And if I put the time and energy into writing this. And I sit at this table with these older people that don't look like me. I was the only person of color in the room. I sat there, and I heard them say about five times, we can help you take this global. We can help you take this global. And then it was kind of insulting when I was in the meeting because, again, like I said, I had no direction. I didn't have a plan. I've I've never done anything like this. So I'm just thrown into a meeting I didn't even – one, I didn't want at the time. I didn't ask for. So I was called sweetheart and baby and darling. And it was just, to me, that was a lack of respect because I felt like if I was someone else, 
you wouldn't you wouldn't address me as sweetheart. And it was just it was kind of degrading to be honest. But I just sat there and I stuck it out because I wanted to hear what they wanted to talk about. But I turned down the deal. You can keep your money. I'm going to keep my script. And here I am. That was almost ten years ago. I'm going to bring it to bring it to light with my own people. Well, they say all all money ain't good money. So I mean, that's that's the way to look at that. Definitely. That's the way to look at that. Yeah. Okay. So the show is set to open May second. Uh, hopefully, the show will go on. So, what's your feelings on that? What's my feeling about May 2nd? Let me just say that I am very excited, and in a perfect world, I would say that the show is going to go on May 2nd, but I have to be a realist and say that I pray that the show goes on May 2nd. Um, I actually told my cast that we're not having um, rehearsals this week or next week. And I said that I told him to keep reading your script because we still have the month of April to get together and rehearse. But I told him that I don't want to have rehearsals today, I mean this week or next week, because I don't want to put anyone's health at risk. I mean, I know a lot of people say it's not a big deal or, you know, some of us are overreacting. But then I have kids that are part of this cast. And even though everybody knows I've been talking about this play, for almost 10 years now, and here it is now. I didn't knock down the roadblocks and kick the doors in and have the money to bring this, produce this thing with my husband beside, right by my side, amazing cast. I still don't have a problem with walking away from it again and pushing it back for months because I just couldn't, I couldn't live with myself if I kept having these, having these rehearsals and somebody was sick and somebody in my cast got sick. So I just feel like this play is important to me, but the well-being of the cast is more important. So saying that, I'm just going to say we're playing it by, playing it by ear right now. Everybody's still in their script, but in a few weeks we'll know. And if I have to cancel it, I don't have a problem with canceling it, canceling it at all. I'm not in a rush. I'm not pressed. And guess what? If I have to do it two or three, four or five next year, I'm still going to do it, so I'm cool. But I'll be able to sleep at night knowing that I didn't put anybody in a compromising position, especially having kids on my cast, Mr. Powell. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Safety is job one. So I want to take a left turn and talk about uh, there's a book that you uh, wrote some years ago, Release the Depth. Um, so talk a little bit about that one. Well, I have to say shout-out to Benita, Dr. Benita Parker for Release the Death. I was one of the authors that wrote a chapter in, um, in that book, and the book talked about women who went through trials and tribulations. Some made bad decisions. I mean, some went through hell, and I was one of those women that went through hell. And we talked about where we are now. And with my trials and tribulations, I've talked about it openly in the past, and I'm not ashamed of it. I, I know I would be further along, Mr. Powell, had I made some better decisions, but um, the days of me beating myself up about my bad decisions are over. I look at it now as, okay, you were young, you were dumb. You were addicted to ecstasy pills for over 15 years. You made dumb decisions. 
but look where you are now. And there was a time where I would beat myself up, like you could be so much further than you are now, Dana, but it is what it is. The past is the past. I can't take it back. I can't make it better. I learned from my mistakes. And in the book, Release the Depth, I talked about my whole journey. Um, I talked about me having a, a mild stroke. I talked about me being addicted to ecstasy pills. I talked about my dad dying. I talked about so much. And it actually felt good to let it out. And I had so many people reach out to me, and they told me that from them reading the book, it made them want to keep pushing. Like, I'm getting ready to be 47. I'm not going to be 46 or 47. I had to ask them, you know I'm getting old. I'm getting ready to be 47 in June, and I feel like I just started to live my best life at, like, 40, 41 years old, 42 years old. So I just want people to know that you're never too old to start doing the right thing. You're never too old to get it right. So that's what the book was about. And all the women have amazing stories, amazing stories of how they got through their past. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, you know, they say life begins at 40. So, you know, that that's, that's you know, a lot of times that's the way it goes. Right, Exactly. So uh, so let's talk about the future. Do you uh, have a plan to write some more plays? <laughs> That's funny you say that because the answer is yes, and I'm, gonna, I'm planning to take it a step further, but I'm not going to talk too much about that right now, but I'm working on something. So and it's funny that you say that because since I'm stuck in the house now, because I told you I'm not hanging out in the streets, but I'm keeping – keeping my distance from people. So since I have plans to be in the house more, I am writing, and I have a hell of a story that I'm writing, and I'm writing it with um, one of my actresses who's in the stage play with me. Her name is Tarani. Um, We're writing it together, and it's based on a true story. So, yeah, we are excited, and, again, we bring in another real and raw piece to life, but um, we, we plan on doing a lot with it. But I do plan on writing another stage play. But I um I just have a lot I have a lot on my plate right now as far as writing and stuff in the works in the process. Right. How about acting? Any any stage plays or films for you this year? Um, this year I don't have any plans about being in a, being in a stage play. I was really just focused focusing on bringing my stage play life on May second. And then focusing on um, another project that I'm working on, a reality show. But I just feel like now that I have done some stage acting, and I got to give a shout-out to some other people who I've done stage acting with. Gil Nelson is one, LaBelle Long, DC Black Broadway, Vernon Williams. And since I'm giving props, I got to give props to Anthony Commodore, Mitch Friedel, Randall Lawrence, because all of those guys have given me an opportunity to grow. I've learned a lot from the opportunities that have been given by each one of those guys that I name. So over the past few years, I've done a lot with um, done a lot with Gil as far as stage plays. I've done a lot with DC Black Broadway. And I just actually filmed a movie in New York about a month ago with Trey Chaney. Um, what else? Oh, and I got cast for another movie that's going to be a feature film, and I'll be filming that in New York. But, you know, since all of this crazy stuff is going on, Mr. Powell, I don't know when stuff is going to get pushed back until, but 
I'm just praying, keeping my head up, and staying focused. That's it. <laughs> that's a that's yep. a good good uh, combination of things to do. All right, okay. So we're getting near the end of the interview here. Um, so I know you've had uh, trials and tribulations, like a lot of us have. Um, so what would be your word word of uh, advice or encouragement for those who are having dark days? Those that are what? Say that last part. Those who are having dark days. My words of encouragement for those that are having dark days. I would have to first say that things will get better, even if they don't feel like they're going to get better, because I swear I hit the bottom. I was at rock bottom with my life. Things are going to get better. You have to believe in yourself. You have to push yourself, even if you feel like nobody believes in you. Even if you feel like you don't have to, you don't have the support. You have to believe in yourself. That's the problem. I think a lot of people fall short on. They wait to get confirmation from other people. They wait for other people to give them approval. You don't need that. All you need to do is look in the mirror, set goals, love what you see when you look in the mirror, and crush your dreams, crush your goals. That's all you have to do. So I would say, go for what you know, and don't worry about the naysayers. Don't worry about what people say about you. Don't worry about if people talk about you because once you start grinding, once you start growing, that's when everything is going to come your way. You've got to be able to bother weave, stay focused, and just do what makes you happy. And don't, don't, don't feel bad about it. Don't feel bad about it. It doesn't rain all the time. It doesn't. The sun <laughs> will come out again. Right. You just have to believe that and believe in yourself. The sun will come out tomorrow, folks. Okay, so the last question is, actually it's a kind of a two-parter. Um, talk about how, once again, how people can get tickets and then also leave us with kind of a teaser. If you could tease um, a woman's love in just a few sentences, how would you tease it? Okay, a teaser. Now, I have to really think about this so I don't, Mess it up or give give something too too good. Okay, so to get tickets, it's <laughs> <laughs> org and a teaser. Everybody keeps asking me that. Let me give you a teaser. Okay. <sighs> Let me just say that. From looking at the flyer, and this is going to make people go look at the flyer. From looking at the flyer, you'll look at it, and you'll assume, because of what you see, you somewhat understand who's doing what, who's with who in the play. You would think that by looking at the flyer. But let me just tell you, nothing is what, is, nothing is what it seems. Nothing. And your mind is going to be blown because I'm sure 99.9% of the people that are going to watch this stage play probably have never seen anything this raw. And I'm going to have you intrigued from the very start. And that's all I'm going to say, Mr. Powell. I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, that's hot. I like that. 
intrigued from the very start, folks. You hear that? So, uh, you know, go out there and get your tickets, and it's going to be fantastic. Hey, well, Dana, I've really enjoyed the conversation. I hope the show goes well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and I appreciate you just giving me the chance to talk a little bit about what's going on and what's coming up. I truly appreciate you, Mr. Powell. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Okay, have a great night. All right. You too. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Good night. Okay, folks out there in Radio Land, remember to do something for your career every single day and break a leg. Night. Under the dark, you pacify me. Hold my breath. Take me down, I won't fight. Beat of my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my dance Makes a sound no one can find I never met anyone like you I wasn't living before you came Now I'm seeing myself in you Like a sin when you're beside me. 